Welcome to the Wright Family Law Divorce Podcast with your host, Ellen Wright, family law attorney, divorce coach, entrepreneur, and motivational speaker, discussing all things divorce and helping you learn to keep the pain of separation from holding you back. And now, your host, Ellen Wright. Welcome to episode five of the Wright Family Law Divorce Podcast. This is Ellen Wright. Today we're going to be talking about back-to-school co-parenting. September is now well underway. Back-to-school can be a super exciting time, but very stressful for people who have blended families, people who are divorced, um, people who have to co-parent. And there's a lot of changes. There's new teachers, there's different classmates, and especially in this season that we're in with the coronavirus pandemic and how things have been going on and on, um, I know a lot of the kids are back to school. I think most of them are in person, at least in Massachusetts. But there is this new normal. They are they have to wear masks, um, most of the districts, if not all of them. And it's hard. There's a lot of anxiety and tension, I think, spilling over into family situations. A lot of it is pandemic-related. But people who are in the midst of a divorce or a separation uh, are really facing a heightened sense of anxiety and pressure with the pandemic sort of mixed into all of it. So I want to talk about school situations, some of the obstacles families are facing, and some helpful tips and tricks on how to attack some of these issues that surface. So to start off, we're going to talk about homework and projects. So kids are usually pretty good at adapting to new rules and routine changes, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to need extra support throughout the year if they're going between two homes. If you and your ex are newly separated and your child finds themselves in the situation where they have a split parenting arrangement between the two households, um, it's important to get a routine set up early on so that when it comes to school projects and daily homework, the expectations are set and you and your ex are on the same page and there's not a situation where homework and projects and notices from the school are sort of falling between the cracks and you and your ex aren't getting notified of things that are due um, because kids are forgetful. They can't always be relied upon and a lot of the times when paper notices come home in a folder or in a binder, I know in my son's case, um, he can be super disorganized and misplace things. And if you're in a situation where your child's going back and forth between the two households, you might find yourself in the position where you don't have notice of homework or projects being due because your ex went through the folder, took out the notice, didn't put it back, or maybe didn't let you know. So it's really important that you and your ex, again, be on the same page about the homework projects. If there's notices that are in these folders and you take it out, try to put it back. Or if you don't or you later forget, shoot your ex a text or an email so that your ex is aware of what's due so that your child shows up to school prepared um, and has all of the assignments done because the reality is you don't want your child to get docked on their grades because you and your ex weren't on the same page to make sure that your child is aware of the deadlines and the work's getting done. 
So when it comes to school lunches, that's another key issue that you and your ex are going to have to talk about and address. So whether your child is taking a lunch to school or has to buy a hot lunch, it's always a really good idea to coordinate with your ex to make sure that you have a solid plan to how to ha- on how to handle school lunches week to week or monthly. Now, a lot of schools will send out a monthly menu, uh, maybe a week before the start of the following month with sort of a schedule of what the hot lunch is going to be. My son does not like American chop suey. He does, however, like pizza day on Friday. You don't want to have a situation where you and your ex um, are spending money on a hot lunch only to have it go in the garbage can because your child doesn't want it. It's a really good idea to sit down at the beginning of the month, figure out what you want to spend on hot lunch and what days your child is going to brown bag it and have a monthly plan so that there isn't any confusion about what your child's lunch situation is going to look like. If you and your ex are splitting the cost of uh, school lunch, you want to handle those reimbursements directly with your co-parent. You don't want to go through your child or have your child caught up in the middle of who owes who what for lunch money. Uh, A lot of these school districts also have online payment systems now, so there should be an easier way to track and send reimbursements so that you and your ex are on the same page in terms of what is owed and what is being spent. Parent-teacher conferences are huge when it comes to co-parenting and keeping a good routine and structure and a good rapport with the school and your child's teacher. Splitting the cost of school supplies is also frequently an issue when we're talking about back-to-school co-parenting arrangements. And it can be somewhat of a controversial suggestion if you have one parent who's paying a substantial child support obligation to the other parent. And there may be some bitterness and resentment with that goes along with that. If you're paying hundreds of dollars a week in child support, why should you pay extra for school supplies. So for pay your parents, I will just sort of throw this out there that while the ultimate decision about whether or not to pay or contribute toward school supplies is up to you, offering to split the cost is not only a really good gesture of goodwill that can help lead to better cooperation with your ex, it's also going to give you the opportunity to have an active role in your child's back-to-school preparations. You just need to make sure that if you do this, you're coordinating with your ex regarding what is needed so that you don't end up with duplicates of a lot of these supplies. Year to year, I know with my two boys, it's a lot of materials and supplies that these schools are asking for. Every year, honestly, it seems like they're needing more and more. So the list is often very long and it's important to get on the same page about who is going to be buying what because you don't want to have duplicates of a lot of different things. Now, I will tell you with one of my son's schools, um, last year we did end up buying duplicates. We had extra binders, some extra glue sticks, some extra markers. And I sent them into school thinking, oh, well, they'll just be extra, you know, they can find use for them or, you know, repurpose them or, you know, find some sort of a way to use them because they're good supplies. There's absolutely nothing wrong with them. My older one goes to a private school. I will tell you that the school did not want them. My son had nowhere to put them. 
and they were basically rejected and sent home. And, you know, I, I was quite honestly a little surprised because supplies are supplies and um, they're always going to be needed in one form or another. But my younger one who goes to public school will often um, come home with more requirements for supplies. There's just an ongoing list that never seems to end. We need more of this, we need more of that. So if you do end up with duplicates, um, don't sort of push them off back on your ex because you don't want to keep them stored somewhere. Set them aside because you may need them later on. But as a cost-saving measure, it makes sense early on just to make sure that you don't have them laying around and you're not spending money you don't necessarily need to spend at the outset. The parent-teacher conferences are really an awesome way for parents to get insight as to how your child is doing in the classroom through the eyes of their teacher. And it's really best if you and your ex can strive as co-parents to attend these meetings together if you're able. As long as you're able to keep a peaceful demeanor during the meeting and listen and avoid any arguments or talking over each other in front of the teacher, it's both going to serve you really well to hear directly from the teacher about your child's academic performance. It's very hard to coordinate separate meetings. A lot of schools won't do it. Um, and they're difficult to schedule because, you know, there's 20 plus kids in a class and it's unreasonable to expect a teacher or any administrator to schedule separate meetings. So, um, you know, it's really best to do these meetings together, to have the Q&A with the teacher so that there's no um, even misunderstanding about, well, the teacher told me this. Well, no, the teacher actually told me that. Uh, it's going to keep it much more streamlined and easy to have these meetings together and you're going to be getting this important feedback and you want to really receive that feedback together so that you and your co-parent are going to know exactly where the child stands and there isn't really any mystery about how your child's doing in school. Field trips and school events are definitely a highlight during the school year for so many of the kids. So we want to make that as positive an experience for your child as possible. And by doing that, it's best to have a plan in place when dealing with your ex. So when your child comes home with a field trip permission form, uh, again, have a plan laid out um, how you're going to communicate the trip details and handle any costs with your ex. Um, if it is doable for you, <clears throat> it's great if you can try to volunteer for at least one field trip or other school-related event during the year. Um, any other back-to-school activities or events during the year that come up, are great um, and if you're gonna be doing that you want to coordinate with your co-parent as much as you can or as much as practicable on what activities you plan on attending to chaperone so if the two of you are going to be at the same event um, try to let him or her know ahead of time and be prepared to be cordial with your ex you may not want to sit together or socialize um, but you may have to interact with that person at some point so you want to keep it positive you don't want to have any acrimony and you want to make it as 
fun and exciting for your child as possible. Creating a shared calendar is never a bad idea. Uh, a lot of my clients use the app Our Family Wizard, um, which contains a shared calendar uh, in it. But um, if you want to save money or cost is an issue, there's a lot of other options such as uh, keeping a shared Google Calendar or there's another app called Cozy, C-O-Z-I, which gives you the ability to input everything related to your child's school year from extracurricular activities to the parent-teacher conferences, field trips, exam days, and this is really going to help keep you guys on the same page in terms of information. Another great feature about having a shared calendar is that it's going to decrease the amount of direct communication that you have with your ex. The two of you are going to be able to easily access it. You can see what's on there. You can make adjustments and leave notes as needed. Um, but it's basically one-stop shopping to get all of the information you need about everything that's going on regarding your child. Remote learning and virtual schooling as it pertains to the ongoing pandemic. Um, so this is another issue that is going to need to be addressed with regard to a back-to-school parenting plan. Now we know that when the pandemic forced schools to close last year, parents all over the country scrambled like crazy to find a way to make remote learning and virtual schooling happen. And on top of that, working from home and um, juggling all of the other responsibility that comes with a family. Now, this year, most of the kids are starting the new school year in person, but we are still getting information in about how this pandemic is evolving, and there's always going to be a likelihood that we could go back to a remote learning situation. So you need to have a backup plan in place on the contingency that the schools close once again and there's no more in-person learning. So when that happens, you need to have the discussion with your ex, either through text, email, or preferably in person, about a plan on how the two of you are going to handle any abrupt changes to the school routine. And you want to align that plan and get on the same page and make sure that there's an understanding about how this is going to be handled, especially if either or the both of you are not able to work remote. It's very confusing for children to hear mixed messages from their parents about how the pandemic is being viewed and how the schooling situation is going to change or may not change. So if there's any discussions about school, the pandemic, remote learning, have the discussion with your ex about it first and then communicate the fruit of any of those discussions to your child in such a way that it's not conflicting to make them confused and give them anxiety, which they really just don't need. You want to set clear expectations about how the two of you are going to communicate. School is already complicated enough as it is, and there's so many moving parts, and with distance and hybrid learning, it is super essential that both parents have a organized 
an agreed upon method for how to stay informed and keep each other informed um, as a way of holding each other accountable, but also making sure that your child has a really great academic year and a positive school experience. Again, consider using a third-party app such as the Our Family Wizard or Close app or Cozy. Um, there's probably five or six really good ones on the market right now, and they're super great for communication and for scheduling. With these apps, um, you're going to have the ability to upload important documents such as report cards. You're going to be able to um, scan in things like permission slips, IEP documents for distance and hybrid learning, um, any school information packets that come home about changes in the classroom or um, other school activities. All of this stuff can be put up so things don't get lost and everyone is just completely on the same page. And, you know, don't forget to demonstrate engagement throughout the year um, as you're going along. You want to stay connected with your child's classroom. So if there's any uh, Halloween parties or holiday parties or um, special events, it's great to volunteer for those, as I mentioned before. But if you're involved in the class, it has a really immense positive impact on your child. And it's going to have an, a positive impact on your child's academic progress. When parents are involved and engaged in the learning process, the teachers appreciate it because having chaperones, having help in the class is always needed. There's never not a need for that. And you're also going to have the opportunity to see how your child is interacting with other kids in his or her class. I just want to touch on uh, extracurriculars and after-school activities and social activities on the weekends um, for a minute. So in the beginning of any school year, especially if you have a situation where your child is at a new school or has difficulty making friends or really engaging in social situations, you want to make sure that that child has the ability to have play dates and attend birthday parties during non-school hours. So in my practice, I've had situations where um, clients or you know maybe parents on the opposing side don't want to bring the child to birthday parties or to um, play dates with friends on the weekend during their parenting time because they have their own ideas about what they need to do. I would suggest that maybe before considering family plans, Think about what benefit your child might get by being able to go to the birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese or going to um, meet some friends for a play date apple picking or doing something with the school friends to develop the relationships that they need uh, to have with some of their peers during the school year extracurricular activities as well, the after-school sports and the weekend commitments that go along with a lot of the practices during the week. So I've also had situations where parents can't really get on the same page in terms of extracurriculars and weekend games and the different events that come along with uh, weekday practices. 
it's important to try as best you can to get on the same page as your ex about the importance of the extracurriculars. So for example, if you have a dad who is involved with soccer or is coaching the football team, but mom really isn't into those things and doesn't want to sit through various games on her weekend parenting time, it's really important to put your child's needs and interests ahead of your own when it comes to back to school activities and getting your child re-engaged in the school community after a long summer. Um, sitting through games is not always fun. It's sometimes it's in the rain, the weather isn't the best. Um, but you know, it is important for these kids to have solid, positive peer relationships with their friends in these after-school activities. So, and it gives them something to talk about um, during school when, you know, they go back. So it's something to consider and something to really try to get on the same page with your ex about. So just to close it with some final thoughts here. So just with some final closing thoughts here on this topic of back-to-school co-parenting. Co-parenting, no matter what, isn't always easy, and it often requires communication and coordination with someone who you no longer like to be around at best, and at worst, probably have a hateful passion toward. So, no matter how you might feel about your ex, successful co-parenting is always going to be necessary for your child's well-being. And no matter how terrible your divorce was on you, it's almost guaranteed that your kids are taking it just as hard, if not harder. The transition from summer to back to school can be particularly rough, and that goes for divorced parents and their kids. But what it boils down to is that you and your ex are going to need to work to put aside a lot of your differences to unite as a united front to get your kids back into the rhythm and the routine of a regular school structured year. So I hope these tips have been helpful. It's not going to be easy, but hopefully it should be enough to get you on the right path. Thanks so much for joining us today, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us today. Remember, the Right Family Law Divorce Podcast is not legal, financial, or tax advice, nor should it be construed as such. We recommend that you consult a qualified legal or tax professional before making any decisions about any of the topics discussed in our broadcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe. To catch all the latest from the Wright Family Law Group, sign up for our email list and newsletter on our website at rightfamilylawgroup.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.